I have starlight burning right above me. A long time ago, beyond a podcast within a podcast, welcome to yet another podcast within the RuPaul's Pod Race podcast universe, The Glup Episode, where we devote an entire episode talking about a single lesser known Star Wars character, otherwise known as a Glup Shitto. This episode, we'll be talking about our one and only bestie, who we never shut the fuck up about, who is literally in only two books and a comic that is an adaptation of that first book, but who is quite possibly the most important character in all of Star Wars canon, Eli Vanto. I'm Claudia. My pronouns are she, her. You can find me on social media at Kaludia says, K-A-L-U-D-I-A says. Instead of a gender of the week this week, we are going to ask a fun little question. So what do we think the N that is his middle name stands for? Because uh, his t- canonical name is Eli N. Vanto. We don't know what it stands for. I personally think that it stands for no bitches. <laughs> Not no bitches. <laughs> um, I think that he got made fun of as a kid. Uh, maybe and everybody was like, <laughs> Eli, no bitches, Vanto. Uh, but then... That would he, suck if your parents <laughs> gave you the middle name, no bitches. <laughs> Honestly, I don't have a reason behind that. I just thought it was funny. Um, so, so are you saying the Saturn tradition is just like whatever your awful nickname was as a kid becomes your middle name? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. I mean, it's kind of like the Chiss, honestly, because like they 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 earn like the last end of their name is like the little end of their end of their name. Like we don't have, we don't know what the the Nuru on the end of of Thrawn's name is. Maybe that also means no bitch. <laughs> no, <laughs> not them both saying no bitch. <laughs> Anyway, I'm Jess. My pronouns are they, them. You can find me on social media at Kawaii Jessio. And I think that the N stands for like Norbert or something. That's so hateful. I was trying to think of like a really terrible name that starts with N. Sorry if there's anyone named Norbert out there. What about Nigel? Oh my god, Nigel? Like Nigel Thornberry? <laughs> no, I'm just imagining... Eli's dad is just Nigel Thornberry. No! <laughs> and he's, he's one of the Thornberries. Or just them on the Satra. I hate that. That means Eli, that means Nigel Thornberry is like racist towards Thrawn because Eli's dad oh. is kind of racist towards Thrawn. <laughs> that was your first thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god. We have two special guests to talk about Eli with us today. Um, instead of the rest of the Roop Helps hosts, they're being questioned by the Empire. Uh, I don't know where they went. They're they're frozen in, uh, I almost said frozen in Beskar. I was like, that's not correct. <laughs> sent <laughs> to the go- Chiss Ascendancy. Yeah, they've been yeah. sent to the Chiss Ascendancy. Why would ascendancy. you not say sent to the Chiss Ascendancy is the first Because <laughs> I'm stupid. Um, so we have two guests uh, with us today instead. Uh, would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Sure. I'm Mackenzie. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. You can find me on TikTok at mac to reality or on Twitter at Ardoc Ranch. And I think that the N for Eli's middle name doesn't stand for anything, actually. I think it's just an N. His middle name is just that, the letter that's N. Sad. <laughs> that's very powerful. <laughs> His parents are like, I don't know, Eli Vanto sounds like maybe there's multiple like eli vantos actually on my satra so they're like we gotta distinguish it's it's, it's like when there's multiple like emily's in a class so it's like emily r and emily t (laughs) 
Oh my god, Mike! It's, it's my best friend was Julia, but there were like three Julias, so her middle name was Julia Marie. So everyone called she was the Julia Marie, and then for a while she went by J M. So. Now I'm going to think Eli went by E-N, E-N Vanto for like Not a bit. <laughs> All right. Uh, hello. My name is Josh. My pronouns are he, him. And uh, you can find me on the TikTok at Coughing Skywalker. I think the N and Eli and Vanto stands for Nessie, not as in like the Loch Ness monster, but specifically the Twilight daughter. No, um, <laughs> not freaking Renaissance. You named my Eli after the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> His parents were huge fans of the Twi- the Star Wars Twilight movie saga. I no, not exactly. Star- what, what is Twilight called in the Star Wars universe? I think it's still Twilight. Twi- he- Twi- Star Twilight. Here's the thing. Um, I recently fa- watched Little Witch Academia for the first time, and they have a book series fictionally in there that is clearly supposed to be Twilight called yeah. Nightfall. But that is also the parody name for Twilight in Turning Red. So I feel like Nightfall has to be the across the board, across all universes name for Twilight. When we the are, multiverse can't... of Twilight. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> the multiverse. <laughs> and now, you know oh, this is <gasps> cursed already because in the other glove shit episode we also talked about twilight <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is this just see, gonna be a thing every time i have a glove shit episode twilight has to be brought up to be fair whenever we record the mystery spot cast we have to talk about thrawn every single time it happens whether we cut it out or not we have talked about thrawn it's a bit of you know what the Nightfall thing also makes sense because, yes, I just watched Little Little Witch Academia, and there is a point where uh, one of the characters just whips out a lightsaber, and you're like, girl, you're a witch, and you have wands. Why do you suddenly have a lightsaber? And I was like, this is Studio Trigger's um, audition for doing Star Wars, and she has, like, red hair and a bodysuit, and you're like, oh, that's Mara literally Jade. Mara Jade. <laughs> um, she just, like, she goes from being, like, a witch professor to straight up Mara Jade, and you're like, what the fuck is going on in this show? And uh, now this makes sense. Now it's all in the same universe. Mara Jade. Okay, Little Witch Academia exists in the same universe as Star Wars. Got it. Okay. Okay. I got it. Where is Mara Jade? She's on Earth. Becoming Shiny Chariot. No, listen, because freaking Studio Trigger just has like an extended Studio Trigger universe. And I guess Studio Trigger, the Studio Trigger universe exists within the Star Wars universe. That's, that's very troubling to me. (laughs) Wow. Eli Nessie Vanto is so... No, I just thought Eli Nessero's Vanto and we can't go down that road. No. Anyway, let's let's talk about what a Glubshido is again, just to, you know, let everyone know. A Glubshido, as all good things do, comes from a silly little Tumblr post. It was a Tumblr post that was like making fun of like when when a new like show or trailer for Star Wars things come out and everybody's like there's my little guy um but but they always have you know how star wars names are they always have some fucking weird ass name or a regular ass name um and nobody knows who the fuck it is and so everybody else is just like who the fuck is that i believe the original post goes every time a new star war movie or show is announced all the fans are like omg glup shadow is back and it it evolved from like oh glup shadow is a real character that we all know and love to like this is a type of character and like people have debated it um what is a 
what is I personally think of Glupshido is like because Star Wars is so everybody knows what it is but like not everybody knows Star Wars I believe that Glupshido is any character that if you walked up to a random person on the street and they don't know who the fuck it is that's a Glupshido like Ahsoka once she gets her TV show she may move out of Glupshido territory but like you walk up to somebody on the street and you ask them who Ahsoka is they're not gonna know but they're gonna know Darth Vader like that kind of thing so they're gonna know Yoda and like yeah. Luke they're like who's Princess Leia they're gonna know but if you ask them like who is and some people are like oh this person's not a Glupshido I think they are a Glupshido I do and I, I had to make a whole TikTok about this because like people on TikTok they don't they're not on Tumblr so there's there's a lot but one may confuse the term with Blorbo the difference is this it's kind of like rectangles and squares so all Glupshidos can be Blorbos but not all Blorbos are Glupshidos and what is a Blorbo a Blorbo is in the phrase of how it is being used on Tumblr. Oh, I love my Blorbo from my show, which is just like my little guy from my show. So that could be anybody. Like Luke Skywalker could be your little guy. It could be a well-known character or it could be some random as fuck character that only appears in two fucking books, like Eli Yeah, Banto. Basically, Club Shido is like any I don't want to use the term casual fan, but like any casual Star Wars fan who probably has maybe only seen the movies and is not having Star Wars brain rot would not know who this person is. Like if like what Claudia said before, like if you mention them, it'd be like, wait, who is that? Like, sadly, Cody is also a Glupshido, even though yeah, he that's mentioned why, in the movies. That's you know? why in the last Glupshido episode, I said Cody kind of toes the line into the, the Glupshido territory. Yeah. Yeah, I always like to use the test, like, if I was talking to my mom, would my mom know who this is? It's like the... <laughs> The boomer test. I mean, I use it yeah. for a lot of things. But yeah, the boomer test of like, if I go, oh, you know, grand, like Thrawn is still a Glupshido. If I go, oh, yeah, famous Star Wars character, even though he is one of the most famous Star Wars characters, Thrawn, she's not going to know who that is. She's not. She's just not going to know. Let's talk about Eli and his role, I guess, in the Thrawn books. Or as he's known in the Chess Ascendancy, Ivant. They don't know about the end. Otherwise, he would have been Ivant. <laughs> <laughs> no! And he's he said in in freaking treason he's like I can't let them know about the end because I don't want to be I want to be known as infant reason. <laughs> I think that's my big reason why I think that his middle name is just in because otherwise why wouldn't he have been like oh well, I could have just told them my entire middle name <laughs> and fixed that issue. <laughs> You're so right, actually. <laughs> He's good at math. He's not really good at languages, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know about that. Well, he is good at languages. languages. (laughs) He technically knows, like, a couple languages. Okay, well, two of them he grew up with. That's not... That's still one more than most That's like saying, I'm good at languages because I grew up in an English and Spanish-speaking home, even though I'm shit at it. Absolute garbage. Learns two, which, like... It's a pretty big one feat. language. <laughs> one. But it's a very one. difficult language to learn. <laughs> Some guess. people didn't even know about the language either. It's so yeah. rare. Yes. I guess. <laughs> I just want to, I guess we'll, we'll get into some Eli lore, but I, I did, what I scrolled through the Wikipedia page just to see, like, what what do they put? Like, his Wikipedia page is very long and very detailed. Shout out to the Wikipedia editors. <laughs> You're such icons. And what I do, I, when you go to personality and traits, I, what I love is it really, even in the Wikipedia article, shouts out how gay it is. Like, I, I see what y'all were doing there, because here's some choice quotes from Wikipedia. 
Vanto came to regard Thrawn as his mentor, while Thrawn regarded Eli as one of the few loyal, untrustworthy allies he could confide in. And then another sentence. At one point during the time when he reunited with Thrawn, after the Grand Admiral complimented a deduction he made, Vanto savored the warm glow he felt from the compliment. They put that on Wikipedia. They put it there. They put. They were like, this is so important, it's gotta go in the Wikipedia page. We need everyone to know about the warm glow. The warm glow. <laughs> the specific word choice of warm glow. Yeah. Warm glow. Like, like, like let's, let's discuss that. Also, Vanto displayed signs of non-platonic feelings for Vanya. Get that shit out of here! Get it out of here! Um, but he did not pursue these as he did not want to find out what punishment there might be for fraternizing with comrades in the EDF. I'm like, now why? Hmm. That might also be because after I read that book and there was an inkling of that, I was like, mm, Timothy's on, I'm deleting that from my memory. <laughs> I just I just wanted to highlight some things that they put in there about him. Uh, that they're like, by the way, this man, a little gay. <laughs> Timothy Zahn is good at anything. It's good. He's good at accidentally writing gay people. Yeah. So I so guess true. we should. I guess we should get into like. I feel like Mackenzie, you're probably an expert on this because you've read Legends Thrawn. I don't know how much you've read Josh, but like you, you know, they asked Timothy to Timothy Zahn, the author of the Thrawn novels. If people didn't know already from listening to our podcast, they asked Timmy to write a uh, rough day. No. <laughs> I was trying so hard not to bring up Rough Day. I was like, do not bring up Rough Day since Claudia was talking about Timothy's on. But you did it for me. So I guess here we go again. I, I had to get it out. I had to get it out. I guess they, I really they... have read every Timothy's on book. <laughs> um, so they had. Um, they had him bring Thrawn into canon after Rebels. Like, he was like, I'm going to write the canon backstory and try to connect it as much with uh, Legends as possible. And a lot of people have said, like, it seems like Eli Vanto was kind of the new character to take the place of Pelion, who was kind of his second in command in, Le- in Legends a lot. But then he accidentally wrote them to be, like, super gay and in love. So, Mackenzie, could you tell us a little bit about the differences between, like, Pelion and Eli and, and all that? Yeah, so I think it is important to note that Pelion and Thrawn are also very fruity. That's the <laughs> in power Legends, of Timmy. I, you know, that's, that's, um, yeah. Thrawn has chemistry with, I think, almost every man he talks to in the books. <laughs> Could could this be a situation of Timmy, now that it's a little more acceptable to write gay people in your books, even if it's subconscious because he didn't want to make it gay, like to be like, all right, I'm going to do this again, but a little gayer this time. <laughs> Maybe so. And I think because so there's kind of two characters in the Legends books that I feel like Timothy's on kind of put into Eli Vanto because it's Pelion and then also George Cardis is in Outbound Flight and Choices of One and well and then also some of the other Legends books but he's not like hanging out with Ron then but anyway so like and his character I feel like is very similar to Eli and uh so I feel like Timothy Zahn kind of like integrated those two characters and put them into Eli but then Eli is also like his own very distinct person like all of his wild space backstory and everything that's pretty much unique to Eli um and I think that's part of what makes Eli's character so interesting uh that he comes from kind of this like backwater world things like that 
So I would say I, I think reading the Legends books was actually a really good insight to see like where Eli's character might have come from, but then also what Timothy Zahn decided needed to be done differently to kind of showcase Thrawn in this new environment, like it, as he starts out in the Empire and like having to deal with all the xenophobia and stuff that Thrawn faces as an alien in the Empire, I think having Eli there as well as kind of almost like the reader insert um, was very helpful for those Thrawn books. The Y-N-F-I-K-T. That's what the N stands for. But not the N standing for Y-N. I'm so sorry. Oh my God. And then we come back to Rough Day. Actually, you know, Eli's name, there's a silent Y in front of Eli. Just like Salamiri. Oh my God. Oh God, I'm so sorry. Mackenzie was making this like wonderful point. Um, and I'm sitting <laughs> No, here, like... I think my point was pretty much over. So, <laughs> I mean, Timmy has talked about a couple times where he's been like, yeah, I wanted to show like, you know, that whole thing about like xenophobia, whatever. And he's like, okay, I'm going to create another character who also experiences this like with Thrawn, whatever. And then in doing so, he accidentally created a, a gay romance. And I think that's how he just, he writes or he's like, oh, I want to do this specific thing. I'm going to create a character to show this thing. Oops. I made it a little, um, <laughs> I did it. I, I did that successfully, but I created gay people by accident. Like, for example, like Arlotti and Wutro, like they're supposed to be a parallel with Thrawn and Eli, clearly. And I'm like, you just, you just made it a little gayer. You just, you just, okay. All right. That's the only way you know how to write a bitch. I respect it. You know, I, I'm, I'm obsessed with that man's mind. <laughs> that was one of the things when I reread all the Thrawn books after I finished all the Ascendancy books, I was like, how can you say Eli and Thrawn aren't gay when they have the same dynamic as Arlani and Wutro? And then I remembered Arlani and Wutro aren't technically gay either. <laughs> I have to remind myself so I'm like, oh, there's gay representation in all these different Star Wars books. And I'm throw. Oh, wait a minute. No. Yeah, I always have to remind myself too that I was like, there's not actual no. canon I'm gay like, representation there. Like, I think gay representation in Star Wars, and I'm like, Cantum Psy, Thrawn writing that diary entry to Eli, everybody else, and Comag, obviously. But like, <laughs> like, who else is there? I mean, there's Dr. Aphra, obviously. But I mean, the biggest inspiration, obviously, for Eli, and really any character, like Pelion, or basically the reader insert character, the straight man in the scene character the, the for Thrawn to play off of. It's obviously the Sherlock and Watson dynamic. And it is, of course, the inherent homosexuality of Sherlock Holmes that we come back to. You know, he's like, yeah, I gotta have this character here. And like, sub whether he's doing it subconsciously or consciously, I mean, when you create a Watson, you have created a homosexual. That's just, it's, you can't avoid it. It's not you can't. I'm so sorry, Eli. You're bigger than being gay, but that's all I talk about. Sorry. Sorry, bestie. I did want to say, I guess, that one of the things I really like about Eli and that I think does set him apart from some of the other, like, maybe more reader insert characters, like the characters that you're supposed to relate to in these books, is Eli is so smart. And like, 
not to talk bad on Pellian or George Cardus or Samacro or anybody. I think but- you should. <laughs> they are not on the same level Eli Vanto is. Just like, n- not so much intellectually, but in the way that Eli understands the connections that Thrawn makes in a way like no other character can. Like, obviously, Thrawn is like his own thing. He's above and beyond anybody else. Nobody can quite compare to him. But Eli is the one that gets closest to like understanding Thrawn and what the heck goes on in his little brain. You know, like he he kind of gets Thrawn more so than any other character that I feel like Thrawn is paired in in canon or legends. Uh, it's interesting you say that because on the Wikipedia article, they li- list him as the deuteragonist of Thrawn 2017. Like that he is, there's two protagonists. It's not just Thrawn, which makes sense. Um, I totally agree with that. Like there's a lot of that book that is like from Eli's like POV, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even though it's technically... Also Price, but we don't talk about her. Yeah, but even though it's technically Thrawn telling, like, that one is kind of, is that one in the first person? Like, that one he's telling it in a in his diary or whatever? Yeah. It's like, I well, and I think, I mean, it's, it's because it's like their dual journey through it. It's very unique. I don't know. I think, and I've said to some people, and you guys can correct me, other than Thrawn himself, and then maybe eventually Dr. Aphra, who is newer? Not that new, but who is newer? I feel like Eli is one of the most like beloved and popular Star Wars characters who originated from a book or a comic. Thrawn was the big one for a while, and then we had Dr. Aphra, but also like technically Thrawn is wasn't the protagonist of like Heir to the Empire or anything. Like it's about Luke Skywalker and Mara like he's the villain like he's not the protagonist so for a while he was the glipshido of the story and what's what's just interesting and like Dr. Aphra she was a side character in Vader but then she got her own series so now she's a main character and Thrawn has now appeared on screen Eli Vanto has never appeared on screen has never starred in his own thing Except for Thrawn 2017, where he was one of the deuteragonists. And that's it. Like, he's... And I was like, there's something there's something special about this little guy that people went, I've decided to make him my entire personality over anybody. I mean, I know, I'm sure there are some higher public characters that are going to get there. For sure. For sure. But I feel like Eli is... I have not met a single person who's ever been like, I don't like Eli Vanto. Or, oh my god, he's my favorite little bestie. Like, there's nobody. Everybody likes it. He's the one thing that unites Star Wars fandom. And I find it so interesting when I think about the number of people I have had to, like, convince to read Alliances because they know Eli's not in Alliances, which is crazy to think about because that is a book with Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker in it. Like, the big... Yeah. Heavy hitter Star Wars characters. And yet people aren't that interested because they would rather read about this little wild space boy. They're like, oh, so no Eli? Fuck this. <laughs> like, yeah. I, the I mean, end stands for no Eli. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, I was one of those people with Thrawn Alliances and I like Thrawn Alliances, but going into it and I was like, wait, he's not in this one? Uh, it's not like I was always a big Vader Anakin fan, so like maybe that went into it. But like, yeah, that's a very odd. I can't think of any other characters that would be like that. Maybe some in the High Republic, although you have so many, you have so many little faves to to be around. It's not like oh, I don't want to read this one because 
because Cantum isn't in it. Or, I mean, I'll be sad, but, like, <laughs> oh, I have other bitches. Like, yeah, Cantum isn't there, but Belle's there, so I'm fine. You know what I mean? It's it's not not the same. Yeah, and I, I think a thing that i think a thing that really draws people to eli is every everybody is kind of already like drawn to like like you said like the straight man like the person who's like this is weird i'm here because like it feels like we're kind of put into that universe because it feels like it, it feels a bit like us but a bit most of the time the straight man is also has a bit of like oh i'm better than all of these people i'm better than all these weird people but eli has such a relatable like self-doubt about him and like overthinkingness about him that like it adds to this like relatability where he's always unsure of himself and he he knows he's good with numbers but he thinks he's just like pretty good enough to like get through and he and like seeing his journey of like realizing who how like through Thrawn especially with like working with Thrawn and everything their relationship and and just himself like figuring out what he wants to do and who he wants to be he has such um it goes even beyond the regular relatability of a straight man it just he has a very interesting character for sure I think also and this is a testament to how gay this shit is Thrawn 2017 is it is from the perspective of Thrawn himself writing his notes about his experience unlike the rest of the books unlike a lot of Star Wars books and so I think what makes Eli different is that we are seeing him from the we are we are meeting him and experiencing every single thing about him through the eyes and through the words and the lens of someone who loves him clearly but but of someone who admires him and of someone who like we're, it's not just like they're telling us about him and he's he's endearing to us it's somebody who like automatically met him and was like you are the best motherfucker in this place and is describing him as awesome to us the whole time and so i don't know we were conditioned by timmy to be like yeah uh he is the best um unfortunately we've been thrawn paled um <laughs> And maybe he's just like, okay, but um, but to everybody else, but it's just Thrawn who, maybe we're biased. Maybe we're all biased. Maybe it's propaganda. Maybe Thrawn got our ass. Like, I don't know, but. Thrawn is like, I want everyone to know how great Eli Vanto is. But that's cannot, like, he literally does that. <laughs> like. Yeah, I think it's very interesting to see, like, not even just Thrawn's reactions to Eli, but other characters. And especially, like, in contrast with Eli's own thoughts about himself like the, I there's that conversation that Eli has with Karen Farrow like at the end of Thrawn 2017 where he says something about like there's nothing special about me and she's like no like you can do things nobody else can do like you understand Thrawn and not everybody does that and then um like even in Treason where Ronan is like I fucking hate this guy this little traitor but then he still has to like respect him because he figures out something with the numbers in like five minutes that nobody else could figure out and he's like okay well maybe maybe Thrawn had the right idea giving him these numbers and like letting him figure stuff out so yeah I think it's I think it's very interesting to see like Eli think like I'm not that good there's nothing special about me and see all the other characters reacting to him and being like no you're great at what you do and you're incredible <laughs> i understand now why the bitches were screaming crying and throwing up when sure the sherlock holmes stories were coming out like yeah i'm sure they liked sherlock but they like watson and like it's like through like i could i get it i get it i totally get it i would have been one of those girlies and i mean granted i wasn't i wasn't the super hulak fandom so you know i was <laughs> 
I, I was not like a particular Watson fan of any kind. Um, I just liked the show. But I get it. I get it. I think it's also like the inherent attractiveness of little guyism. There's like, there's always like one guy who's just like a little guy who's really just motherfucking going through it in any piece of media. And you're like, that's my guy. That's my little dude. Kind of like Reed Silas. I feel like... <laughs> But yeah, I I don't know. What about you, Jess? Wait, what was the question? Why do you think Eli is special? Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I saw a picture of Darth Maul waffles and I was staring <laughs> at them like, dang, that's really cool looking. Maffles. Yeah, Maffles. But um, I don't know. Just the way he's written in the book, he's he's so relatable, even though I'm not good at math. But I, I wanted Eli to succeed. Really, so, Like, watching his growth in the book just makes you go like, dang, he really is a special little guy. I mean, yeah, if, like, no one else understands Thrawn, and then Eli seems to be like, you know what, actually, I think I know what he's thinking about. Although, at the same time, Eli is also always doubting himself, and I also find that very relatable, because I'm also just like, hmm, is this the right answer? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Eli just... Something about the way Timmy Zahn wrote Eli Vanto. He put some special little sauce in there. And it's got to be really special sauce because he, all of his characters, I feel, even the smallest ones, are so interesting. Like, every little fucking glup shido. Karen Farrow is interesting. Wutro is interesting. I love, yeah. Every little bitch is interesting. Even the the characters I hate. Like, I am obsessed with Kawori. I fucking hate Kawori. His little winglets. Or, like, fucking Me and Ronan. Thurfan is, like... One of the most fascinating characters to me. Yeah, like, every character he writes is very fascinating. And then he was like, it's like he put salt and pepper and maybe some garlic powder on, like, everybody else. But for Eli, he was like, I've been waiting for this one. Turn it up and use some, like, I don't know, seasoning he put mix. All the, he put all the spices on Eli. He just said, I'm going to take a Costco size of every spice and I'm going to dump it on this. And I was like, turn it up, bitch. Also, yeah, Thrawn is... Thrawn. Eli is mentioned once in Thrawn Alliances. Does anybody remember what the bit is? It just like, where'd he go? Basically, that's what happened. Isn't it yeah. like like Karen? Karen Farrow's like, whatever happened to Eli Manta? She's like, what happened to him? And then and then she's like, a bunch of a bunch of people are talking rumors and stuff. Um, it's kind of weird. She's like, like, I'm not gonna bring him up because I think that would make Thrawn sad. So yeah. <laughs> Just leave that one alone. Bitches think that Thrawn killed him, but I know better. I knew they were gay. Yeah, Um, that does drive me crazy. In I think it's in Treason where she has the line about like, well, Eli Vanto must be dead because I can't see any other reason why he would leave Thrawn. (laughs) Even when that bitch is not there, it's gay. Like, yeah, yeah, like Thrawn was dragging Eli around for like years. So like if Eli suddenly disappeared, everyone's like, he's probably dead because they were like like by each other's side. For literal years. I also will never forget the moment in Thrawn Alliances where Vader, Anakin, like, tries to, like, look at Thrawn's brain and he feels it in the Force. And he's like, it's it's so, like, it's, like, organized. Like, rows of numbers in there. And I was like, like, what? Like, what? Um, And I just, 
like, and then it's in another book or something. And somebody on Tumblr pointed this out. One of the one of the besties from Chiz Twitter is in another book where I, I believe e- like Eli is like, oh, when I think of numbers, it's like I, I think of it like art or like music is, that, is, is what he says or something like that. And I'm like, hmm, that's soulmateism. That is. So you're telling me that Thrawn likes Thrawn likes art and and yet he organizes all that in to neat little rows of numbers in his brain. And then Eli likes numbers and he sees it as as art in his brain. Oh God. I like that Mackenzie is open for her book. <laughs> Mackenzie's like, let me get the sacred like texts. He says, uh, perhaps that's why he and Thrawn had worked so well together. Eli had his numbers, Thrawn had his art, and neither skill could be fully understood by anyone else. I soulmateism. <laughs> Timmy, what, 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 Timmy, what did you mean by that? Timmy, please. I need to meet Timmy one day and just be like, sir, I know you didn't do it on purpose, but then I think about it every day. (laughs) Anyways, I'm going to start screaming, crying and throwing up. Um, we got, we got a lot of questions about Eli from the audience. We want to, do you want to answer some? Yeah, we can start dipping our, our toes into the, the Eli questions. There's, yeah, there is a lot. I've Y'all y'all delivered when I was just like, hey, y'all have questions about Eli Ranto and everyone coming out of the woodworks being like, I have a question about Eli Ranto. Okay, our first question is, if Eli was a High Republic stan, who would his faith be? Uh, and that's from at Pretty Quotable on Twitter. I love the questions. I was like, who would they like in the High Republic? Kevin Tar is Josh. Are you thinking of wait, Kevin? Wait, I'm, I'm trying to remember the name. Who, who's I forgot who's Kevin Tar again. He's the little guy in in Light of the Jedi who like engineers shit. Oh wait, yeah, him too. But I was thinking of the the guy who on Starlight. He's like. Oh, um, Stalamaru. Yes, yes. But no, Kevin Tar and Stalamaru. I feel like Ollie has to be here if we're going to talk about Estelle. <laughs> Ollie would have to be here if we're going to talk about Kevin Tarr also, because Ollie and Mel do be obsessed with Kevin Tarr. They made a whole family and, like, background for Kevin Tarr. <laughs> do you guys think that he would like Comac Vitus? Everyone oh. likes Comac Vitus. Actually, actually, I... This might be controversial, but I do think that he would be an Elzar Man fan, uh, oh. because he canonically is... Well, maybe not canonically, but I had canon him as an Anakin Skywalker fan, so... I think he would also like Elzar Man. I mean, yeah, I guess, because he did know who Anakin was. That's why Timmy couldn't put Eli in alliances, because he's like, no, because then I'd have to write about <laughs> Eli being like, oh my god, Anakin Skywalker was so cool. But also Padme is in alliances, and we see, if if we had seen Anakin and Padme and then Thrawn and Eli, the parallels would have been too much. We can't do this. <laughs> the parallels would have been too much, and he was like, ah, no. It's not gonna let me. They're not gonna let me. I had a thought though. I do believe his favorite would be Comac because Comac studies Jedi history and art. That's his whole thing. He's a scholar. He's a book bitch, just like the Ron. And I fear he has a type which is, you know, gay men who love history. <laughs> um, he's like, oh yeah, I love a bitch who likes to go to an art museum. I know your type. I've got your number, Eli. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, why was my first thought Mari Santeca? You know what? I, I agree oh, with you. No, I agree. I he think likes he would like Mari Santeca. He likes navigators. He'd be yeah. like, oh my god, I know some little girls who are just like <laughs> you. Actually, I think Eli researches Mari Santeca 
while he's doing his like studies trying to figure out what's going on with the navigators absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely he's like she deserved better i'm so sorry queen yeah okay this was my other thought oh my god you know why he would also like komak you one could say that thrawn also ran into the woods to escape his problems uh he was he was exiled it was for a mission but like he did run into the woods he was true. placed in the woods. He didn't run into He them. was placed in the woods, and then he kept running into the woods to, you know, trick the Empire before they, they picked he him up. He went through multiple woods, I'm pretty sure. He probably yeah. got upset to several different planets before the Empire finally was like, damn, some bitch is living here. Yeah, and then Eli picked him up and was like, oh my god, he's just like Comac Vitus for real. <laughs> in this podcast, all we do is talk about Comac Vitus. DJO, if you're listening, I don't know why you'd be listening. But um, DJO is a Thranto fan. We've I was about it. to say. <laughs> oh my! Wait, is he? Oh yeah, he likes Thranto. Yeah. Anyway, I, next question. I don't even think he's read Thrawn 2017. I think he oh, just has no. seen the fan. But art he has retweeted like... Thranto art from me multiple times. <laughs> I'm like, sir, you are such oh an god, DJO is just like us for real, for real. Now, who asked the Halcyon question? <laughs> I think that one's funny. Can we do that one? Then? No, not the free marketing question. <laughs> uh fine what would be eli's activity of choice on the halcyon from hp fan casey on twitter what is there to do on the halcyon i feel like i know nothing about this place i saw the lego special and i read uh the princess and the scoundrel and i still don't know is the halcyon legacy in the on the lego special the summer lego special yeah Yeah. it takes place Uh, on the halcyon and scarif i love these advertisements eli would go hang out in that um the temperature control room to warm up because i think the chists probably keep their ships really cold because scylla is a frozen planet and i bet eli's freezing all the time because i feel like lysatra is like a warm planet so yeah he's from texas like we we know this he's from texas (laughs) unrelated to this you bringing up lysatra and you know i was looking at the map that they like made of the star wars like universe and you know lysatra is supposed to be in like what wild space yeah but then it kind of like on their map was actually really close to like their line of like what the mid mid rim planets was i was just like how is that wild space the star wars map does not make sense it does not make sense i think it's supposed to be because space is technically 3d so i don't know maybe things are actually farther away than they appear but when you look at it you're like all this stuff is like really close together just like freaking Sheila being really close to uh, what the Exegol. fuck was- Exegol. Yeah, Exegol. <laughs> They're like, what are our neighbors doing over there? None of our business. We're staying out of that. I yeah, think I, wait, anyway. I think I have my answer. Of- so in Princess and the Scoundrel, this is not a, big sco- not a big spoiler. Han Solo decides that he is bored while uh, Leia is like networking and shit. So he decides to like go get a drink, but then he sees some people like going into this like in like back hallways and then he finds like basically an underground sabacc game with some of the staff and i feel like that's where eli would end up because he a bitch loves counting cards i feel like that's where he would end up he'd be swindling people they'd be like how this fucking nerd get here why is he besting us i do believe that's what would be happening the only reason i would say that he wouldn't be doing that is because canonically eli does not like gambling (laughs) 
but yeah but i but i but i think oh and also okay well then then i know where he'd be because in the same section of the book the reason that han does it is because they have like you know how on cruise ships they have like an activity place so they have like a room and stuff where you can go play games and they have like sabak and whatever but it's not for money and he's like it's not fun if it's not for money so he like seeks out an illegal game to go play for money and play dirty so maybe eli is just like in the cruise ship games room playing bingo (laughs) eli vanto has the high score on the house (laughs) for bingo whatever games there are (laughs) he's playing sabak without money he's like earning drink tickets or something (laughs) he could have a breaking bad moment and then like go to gambling he he could fall he could fall from the stars. I'd like to see that. Just like Stella. I was just no. What we can't go down there. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe he's day drinking like Finn did in the Lego special. Oh my! Not the Eli to Finn pipeline. I think they would get along. Finn's middle name is also an N. FN two one eight seven. Nar. Um, I think. The activity he would be participating in is people watching the people doing the dancing, like, you know, that they're teaching in the center of the thing. And he'd be like, I don't know if I want to do this. I want to dance, but I don't know if I get the moves. He'd just be overthinking the dancing. So he'd just be like watching and like silence. What do you think Thrawn would be doing? (laughs) Thrawn? Thrawn would also be fucking people watching. Oh my god. Rod would be like inspecting parts of the ship he should not be on. He'd be he'd be like, you know how Princess and the Scoundrel has that one guy that like sneaks on board or whatever and he yeah. just wants to see the engines? That would be Thrawn. Thrawn Thrawn would be like, I wanna go see that engine. And they'll oh. find him, like the staff will find him, and they'll be like, Sir, you're not allowed to be down here. How did you, you know, get yeah. here? In Prince and the Scoundrel, they also say that like they had a commissioned art piece in there, so there's gotta be like art and whatever. So Thrawn is like Eli's like, honey, we're on vacation. Like, it shouldn't be doing something. He's like, I gotta go look at all the art gallery. <laughs> but also, they have like a an environment room, and that's where like in the in the Lego special, Ray is like sitting there like reading a book with like a hat on, or whatever. I feel like they both would be sitting there like pretending that they're relaxing, but really they're people watching and they're judging people, and they're like, he's calling it his deduction hour or whatever, but really he's just being an asshole. And he's like, the way that they sit shows me that that couple is is having a fight or something some shit like that. Like he's like sitting in a beach chair, like covered up. Oh, but. Rod is wearing the sunglasses. <laughs> Not the green sunglasses. The silly little green sunglasses. Yeah, he's he's wearing the hat that Ray had and the silly little gray green sunglasses. <laughs> and Eli is walking around in that Hawaiian shirt that Obi Wan was wearing. Um, you know what? I think they were on the Halcyon at the same time that Leia and Han were. <laughs> just never Ron was able that. to deduce that uh Leia and Han were having troubles with their marriage already <laughs> he was like you know or he's like he's like they could be spies from something you know they're supposed to be on their honeymoon but it's clear that they're not staying the night with each other in the room spoilers for the book or whatever but like the two of them are also busy doing other things that like they they're not really getting busy in that room at all and Thrawn's like and Eli's like how the fuck did you know that's so creepy he's like I know I can tell <laughs> I can tell they're not fucking <laughs> So wait, this just means that Thrawn would know when Ben Solo was conceived. Anyway, I don't want to think about this anymore. <laughs> uh, 
conceived, I feel like. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't Padme already pregnant with like the the twins during Alliances? I thought that it was I thought that it was like we all theorized that it was like on the way back. Yeah, that's my theory is that uh she got pregnant with the twins on the way back from their little adventure in so he, alliances. <laughs> so he deduced that they were going to have kids. Yes. On yeah. the way back. He was like this looks like a man who doesn't use protection. <laughs> this is horrifying. This is such a horrible. <laughs> anyway, next question. Who in the Star Wars universe would be besties with Eli at Price Mining Co. on Twitter? Cody. List your reasons. I just think that Eli and Cody could be besties. I don't have any reasons. I just, I've talked about this before where I said that Cody um, actually got sent to the Chiss Ascendancy because Theron was like, you know what? He's very yes and slay. He can, he can go to the Chiss Ascendancy and then Cody and Eli meet and then become friends. That's. They're both in second in commands. They're both gay. They're both very yes and slay at logistics. I think they could be friends. My answer is Sabe and it's because of the quotes. So Sabe's quote is, my hands are yours for as long as you need them. I was only waiting for you to ask. And then Eli's quote is, I'm quite content to be your aide admiral. It's where I'm supposed to be. And those are the same thing. (laughs) And also, you hold my words in your hands. Yeah. I was thinking about that too. Oh, and and also, Sabe, same deal. Very gay. Has been a second in command. Oh my God, they have to form a little club. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what a group else? Eli Vanto would... Cody Sabin. who else would be in that club um, I'm like I hmm Wootro oh yeah so true I, yeah definitely Wootro and Cody would definitely get along and Sabe oh my god they would kiss on the mouth Wootro um, can get along with anyone <laughs> that's true except for Thurfian cause all the bitches hate Thurfian <laughs> Yeah, who are who are our main like co-leaderships here oh Kanan <laughs> Hera's second-in-command, you mean? Yeah, Kanan! I mean, canonically, yes, he is her second-in-command. Yeah, but also, like, the Star Wars Twitter account called him her second-in-command, remember? It was, no, that was the Wikipedia account. Oh, wait, yeah, Wikipedia. Yeah, I mean, he technically is. Um, The canonical reason that he is Spectre 1 and she is Spectre 2 is for safety reasons, because she is the commander and she is a member of the Rebel Alliance, and they don't want people to know, so if it may make it seem like he is the he's the captain uh, and the leader, then she's always safe, which is also very funny to me, because he's also a Jedi in hiding, so they're not that smart, but okay. He would rather her be safe than him. And he was right for that. I think that uh, Eli Vanto would, would be best friends with Will Lark. Okay. Um, yeah. I, th- yeah. He, there's not the like dynamic of like the they're both second in command, but I feel like they would relate on they overthink a lot. They have a lot of self doubt. They they are both gay. It would be I think they'd have a lot to bond over. Actually, I think Sinjir Rathvelis also in mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. former Imperials. We just made a whole gay group squad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll ask the next question. We already talked about the High Republic, so I want to bring this one up. At basically Trinity Ann on TikTok asked, do you think Eli would end up recruited by the Nihil as an accountant in the High Republic era, or would he be able to evade no. the plot? No. No, he's not that stupid. I'm sorry. Yeah, he, he's not. They would try to recruit Eli, but he'd be like, no, thank you. He's like, and how much are y'all paying? I was trying to think, the only way I could see him like somehow winding up in league with the Nihil is if he joined like the Graphs or something something like that and then like got mixed up in the nine oh like uh what's her name yeah i can't think of her name either bitch who got bisected by elzar freaking 
Chancy, Chancy Yaro. Oh, Chancy, yeah. I'm so sorry about <laughs> what happened to you. Chancy, you were kind of a bitch, though, so you know what? And, yeah. yeah. Be a better mother. Yeah. You know, I could see him joining, like, Lorna's Tempest when she split off, because she's like, I gotta hire the best of the best when she's Ocean's Elevening it, you know what I mean? <laughs> I could see him joining that. But I couldn't see him joining the Nile. Maybe if he like had to get like the uh, the path drive technology, or maybe because he wants to be best friends with Mari Santeca. Um, yeah, I could I could see him being the kind of person that like somehow he's working like with Mari Santeca, and like he has to help get the data that she pulls for the paths or something like that. Marcian and then just like, just like sticking you. around because. He's like, well, now I feel like I owe this old lady something. She's in this terrible situation. I need to help her somehow. And so, like, he just, like, sticks around for a while. Like, I could maybe see that. But I couldn't see him, like, willingly, like, signing up for the night. <laughs> yeah. He likes order. He likes stability. Yeah. When he saw, like, the Wookiee thing happening, he was like, this is messed up. When he sees something messed up, he's like, this is messed up. And I don't want to really do this. Yeah. And he was he was given an out, albeit a crazy out, but he was given an out and he was like, yeah, and I'm leaving. And we're done here. We're good. You're done. Do you think that Eli would have joined the rebellion if given the chance? Asked by at Kerberos Costs on, on Twitter. I mean, I think so. We just said like with the stuff with the Wookiees, like I feel like he was already kind of on the pipeline to defecting, kind of like how Callus like saw something and was like, hey, that's kind of yeah. fucked up. If you he know? wasn't sent to the Chiss Ascendancy, I feel like he could have defected naturally on his own. Yeah, I mean, he was already I think he just needed, you know, like one good stranding on a moon with a giant purple cat and he would have been gone, you know? <laughs> you know the conversation that like Thrawn has with, with Night Swan? Like if Eli had had that conversation, Eli could have maybe defective, de- defected. He might have been like, Absolutely. actually... You yeah. know what, Night Swan? I'm gonna I'm gonna join you. Yeah, and Eli does have a conversation with Night Swan, you know, when he's dressed as Horatio Fig or whatever. And I feel like that kind of started him on like a path. And if that conversation would have gotten to be longer, I think Night Swan would have been successful in getting him to defect. Yeah, I think it would have been a bit of like um a tricky thing. I think if he like never met Thrawn um and he was still in the Empire, he he still would have defected, but I don't think he would have joined the rebellion because i think thrawn really pushed him to take more chances and like more risks and stuff and i don't think he would because he was just in the empire because he was like oh i gotta do this job i want to work here and i think he didn't really believe in it he was just doing it just to like just to work and so like if if thrawn if he had never met thrawn i don't think he would have joined the rebellion he would have just left but since he has thrawn in his life that's so i don't think there would have been a chance he would join the rebellion only if but i do think in that um night swan conversation that would be the closest thing he would have been to like Ron has taught me to take more chances. I've learned to like maybe like fight for what I believe in. I think maybe rebellion time. Yeah, yeah I would agree with that because you're right. I don't think that I think like if if he had met somebody from the rebellion, just like when he was still on track to be a supply officer, he wouldn't have taken big chances to join the rebellion. He would just would have like I think I think it helped that he was part of the empire and he got to see these like awful things that the empire was doing firsthand. But then yeah, I I also agree the problem was he met Thrawn and I think him and Thrawn were so close like I I don't know that anybody necessarily could have gotten him to defect because he was so loyal not to the Empire necessarily but he was loyal to Thrawn and like they they talk about that a lot in treason how like Eli doesn't even know if he's loyal to the Ascendants 
ascendancy, he's at the ascendancy because he's loyal to Thrawn. Like his Yay. loyalties lie with Thrawn, not necessarily the Empire or the ascendancy or anything like that. I fear, Timmy Zahn, you have written yourself into a corner once again. But also, I mean, this brings up the question always people ask, like, do you think that Thrawn would have defected? I think it's the same thing. If he had been in the Empire any longer, because he saw the absolute fuck up that happened on Lothal and the fact that Palpatine was about to fucking get his ass and also that like they also said fuck you to his project and stuff I feel like he would have he would have left it would have been a little late but I think I think he would have left I don't yeah I I think he I he would have defected if he had stayed longer mostly because it's one of his faults that he like it took him that long to realize that the empire is not worth his time it's not going to help the ascendancy and it's not worth his time. But I think it's especially because there were lots of people, even like Kira said it, like seeing that the empire is crumbling and falling apart. And I feel like that would have been like the last straw for him to be like, yeah, no, this is not worth it. I I really think with Thrawn and, you know, part of it, I guess, is Thrawn is my special little guy. So I do want to think the best of him sometimes. But I I do really think with Thrawn, if Thrawn had been able to stick around long enough to see the Death Star put into effect, I think the Death Star would have been like the nail in the coffin and Thrawn would have left at that point because I think he would have realized like the Death Star is dangerous for my people. There's nothing good that the Empire can lend me anymore at this point you know, they are more likely to harm my people than to help my people. And so I I feel like Thrawn at that point would have defected, but then, you know, he got space willed, so he didn't get that chance. But... Yeah, and I don't even know if he would defect. I think he would leave. Yeah, think, yeah. You know, like I, yeah. I don't think he necessarily, like, I don't think he would go join the rebellion or anything well, like that. I think he un- would just go back to the ascendancy. <laughs> Unless he was recruited, like, by somebody who impressed him, like, like, Nightswan or something to be like, uh, like, I, if I could imagine a scenario where someone like Nightswan came back and was like, hey, if you care about your people and then potentially using something like this on your people, then you need to come help us. And him being like, okay, yeah, that's the logical choice. I'm helping you because because I don't want this major player to get out of hand here and also because he's one of the few people who like I don't know if he knows the Palpatine is a Sith Lord but he knows he knows about Vader and I feel I like, feel like he knows at least something is up with Palpatine or he's just like yeah. something ain't right here yeah so I, I feel like he would think he would join the rebellion because he would think it was the most logical thing for him to protect because he's already sunk cost fallacy this with the, the entire empire formerly the republic lesser space as one might say i feel like he would i feel like he would stay just because he'd be like well i gotta see this one throw try my best yeah rogue one would have gone really differently if thrawn was there Same. oh my god anyway um next question this kind of ties into this next question i feel like they flow well if eli wasn't an imperial or was in a different period of star wars what do you think he would be doing (laughs) that was asked by um at these rainbow worms on tiktok boring answer but i i think he would have stayed on the supply officer track and just been or not not even on the supply officer track i think he just would have kept working for his parents business and then died an uneventful death of old age uh somewhere in wild space Uh, yeah <laughs> that's I I really think Thrawn like changed the trajectory of no, his life. I, I mean I that's literally the you. line. That's the line yeah. from the book. Where he's yeah. like, sometimes a trajectory of a life changes or whatever. And I was like, damn, all right, pack it up, Jane Austen. Yeah, it do be like a butterfly <laughs> effect 
with Ron was the butterfly flap in Eli's life. But yeah, I agree. Or like if he didn't go to the Imperial Academy to become a supply officer, he probably would have just stayed on Lysatra and worked for the the Vanto shipping company. I'm trying to, I will say this. Timmy Zahn said, what would Thrawn be doing if he wasn't in the military? And he said, consulting detective. And I was like, he's Sherlock (laughs) Homing. Now, of course, Watson's story is that he was in the military and then he was not anymore and then meets Sherlock. That That is consistent across most adaptations. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if Eli would be helping a consulting detective. <laughs> oh, this is so hateful. <laughs> that would be the, the best case scenario is that Thrawn and Eli somehow still meet and become a detective agency. <laughs> Oh, and they kiss on the mouth, obviously. Speaking of kissing on the mouth, uh, somebody asked, is he going to punch or kiss Thrawn when they reunite? Or both, at Lydia Ostmo. I mean, I guess that depends on if Thrawn, good day, Lieutenant Bantam's him again. <laughs> no! I love all the fanfics that are like, he does it right back to him. <laughs> like, good day. Uh, Commander Thrawn or something. I love you very. I think that's very funny. I don't know. I think it would depend when it is and like where he's at in his life and his healing journey. He might just freeze up. He might just be like, "You're back. You're you're back." Hello. Hello. Yeah. He'd be. He'd be. He'd be nervous. I think. I. 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 I don't think. I think it'd be worse than good. Like when I was when I was reading Trees and like the entire time when he's like overthinking like how it's gonna be when he meets Thrawn again. Like I, first of all, I was like, it's just like me for real, overthinking like encounters. And so like it was. So he's like overthinking. He's so nervous. And then when it happened, he just like what he, he froze up. So I think like if he ever just like runs into him again, it would just like all he would totally shut down and be like, this is happening. I don't think he'd be mad or like be like, I mean, he'd be happy to, I think it'd be so many emotions that he'd just like shut down or something. I have kind of like conned myself into thinking that we will eventually get to know if they ever see each other again. And I'm like, actually, no, you're probably not going to find out. But I like, there's this part of my brain that's like, yeah, obviously we're going to see that one day. And I'm like, no, you're not girl. Like you're not. Like, it's not happening, and they're going to put Thrawn in these Soka series, and they're going to do things you don't like, and it's going to be dark, and like the, my mind is just like, no, you're, no, that's not true. You're going to find out, and I'm like, mm, no, oh, this is dark. This is so dark. My answer to this question, and I have thought about this so many times, like, if I could draw, I would draw this, but I have in my head so clearly a scene that they should put in the Ahsoka show, and they won't, where Eli helps Ahsoka and Sabine find Thrawn and Ezra and they get off the ship and Thrawn like walks up to or Eli walks up to Thrawn and and punches him right in the face and then kisses him and then Ezra and Sabine are in the background like what the fuck (laughs) what did we miss here love yeah So yeah, what that's that's, the hell? that's how it would go if I was writing the show. I think uh, they should replace Dave Filoni with me. So. I agree. I like your vision. What <laughs> the hell is going on in the House of Comments? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's Ezra, that's literally Ezra and Ahsoka that happened. <laughs> uh, I the way that I have thought about this so much is it's unhealthy. It's so unhealthy. Like. It's so dark. Like, it's... I think about... There's that... Uh, shout out to my favorite The Rod and Eli fanfic series, uh, Good Day, Lieutenant Vanto by Wanton Whale. You're my canon. Fuck Disney. You're my canon. <laughs> um, The way they reunite in that fic is so funny. <laughs> the way they reunite... <laughs> oh, my God. 
the way they reunite in that fic is so legitimately funny. I remember laughing out loud. I was like, this is this is literature. Sometimes um, when I'm having a bad day, I just go reread that scene. <laughs> like, because <laughs> it's kind of exactly what you describe. I like I don't even want to spoil it for people because it's that good. And like there's other really good shit in there. I think Thur uh not Thurfian. Thras is really funny. He's alive. Fuck Cannon, am I right? Thras is really funny in that fig. It's just the the like logistical gymnastics that that fic goes through to create that one scenario is so funny. <laughs> and then they're like, he is here illegally. He has to go to jail. <laughs> everything it's it's so it's so ridiculous that you're like oh it's crossed into beautiful uh anyway this is my plug for good day lieutenant vanto by wanton whale you are everything to me you are i don't know man I, without between that and cherry l's uh Thrawn and eli art you're my reason for living um i don't know are there any other fakes mackenzie that you can think of that are very have good takes on this um i think like as far as reuniting goes uh i'm very excited to see whatever sophie's gonna write when postmortem part three comes out uh, oh my god sophie here you sophie on uh, twitter i'm obsessed with your fic um, i'm the one who <laughs> made her read the thrawn books so for, i unlike some other people on this podcast i have been a Din Luke shipper. I, don't know, I, I ship multiple people with Din, but there used to be really good. There's also really bad, but there used to be some really good Din Luke fake. And there was one fake that was so phenomenal. It was so good. I was like, I'm thinking about Star Wars in a different way because of this fucking fic and the way it talks about the Force. And the author of that fic, I didn't, I don't know if we were mutuals on Tumblr or something, but I read their fic and I was like, you've changed my life. And then we were talking on Discord and I was like, you need to read the Thrawn books, blah, 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 if you like gay people. And I finally got her to start reading them and she started like live texting me her thoughts. And then she was like, oh, well now I have, she finished Rebels and she finished the books, whatever. And like, it took her a bit, but then like Ash, of course, as she's reading them, she's having thoughts and writing them. And I was like, make sure you finish the Ascendancy books first. I, I promise, I promise. Like, it'll, it'll make, she's like, and she's like already thinking of ideas, whatever. And then she decides to come out with this fic series that there have been two parts to so far postmortem, which is just it's a it's a seminal work of literature. I one is the hardest I've ever cried to a fic. Like I, I cried, I cried literally like the whole three hours it took me to read it. I <laughs> haven't read the second part yet because I don't want to read it until the third part is out because I I have to feel happy because yeah. Basically, so the well, premise. It, the premise of the fake is basically that she's like writing the because the Thrawn seven Thrawn twenty seventeen is like journal entries. She's uh, writing all the stuff in between that was either implied or described, but not from like a Thrawn's point of view or whatever. So she's like filling in all the blanks. Oh my god. Well, anyway, thank you for getting her to read the Thrawn books because she's also written apparently a ten thousand word Barika fic. Um, no, that I cannot wait for her to publish. <laughs> I'm so excited Sophie. about it. It's going to, like, destroy me. <laughs> Sophie! Oh, my God. Also, Eli and Borica would be friends. I, yeah. I, I I've written that. about them being friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, that brings me to a question that was on TikTok. What do you think Eli's first meeting with Borica is like? I'm certain he gets to meet her after treason. Do you think Umarmo shared BBQ with him? And that was... Um, from at Galaxy of Silver on TikTok. Um, yes. 
I guess. I'm trying to think what to say about this because I feel uh, like yeah, I've I want to know so much about it. <laughs> I was like, I want to know what you think, Mac, because you're the Warika and Bomarmo like okay, so expert. <laughs> Uh, I guess first, just to start off, um, in case you haven't read Lesser Evil, these are spoilers, but Barika is Ron's sister that he doesn't know what happened to because she was taken to be a chess navigator, uh, one of the Skywalkers, um, when they were very young and they get their memories wiped. So she doesn't realize that she has a brother. She doesn't remember him. And then Bomarmo is her husband who is only mentioned twice. All she says about him is that he is her husband and that they own the ranch together. And Bomarmo has essentially turned into my OC, basically. You are the literal queen of (laughs) Borica and Bomarmo Twitter. I I talk about him so much and like he, he barely exists as a character, but... Yeah, so I I do think him and Eli have a lot in common. I think it's very interesting that both Thrawn and Barika found these little country boys. <laughs> and so I think I think him and Eli would get along very well. Uh and then I think Barika is like uh, my dream of course is that Eli would come to work at the uh Seeker Shade house with Barika to try to figure out like what uh is the best course of action with the Skywalkers, like what can they do to improve their sight, things like that. And so I think Barika would be cautious of Eli at first because just with the way she acted with Thalius, like she was not super into this new person being at the ranch. So I think introducing a new human when we all know how like the Chiss kind of reacts to aliens. I think that she would be very cautious of Eli at first, but then I think Eli would kind of prove himself to her, like how good he is with numbers and figuring these things out. And I think she would very quickly be able to see like his worth. And yeah, so I I think they would also work very well together. And I'm just going to add this. So one of the very, actually the very first fic that I wrote about Barika was actually about Eli Vanto coming to work at Ardock Ranch. And one of the things I added to that fic that I really like was Eli every night would tell the Skywalkers stories about his adventures with Thrawn. And as he told these stories about Thrawn, slowly Barika started to remember stuff about her childhood with Thrawn. Oh, no, I Um, remember this. Yeah. So anyway, I really like that idea. Uh, If Barika never shows up in canon because they don't pay attention to the books and don't care about her character. Uh, everything I've written about her is then by default becomes canon. So just keep that in Obviously. mind. <laughs> I like how we were like, we're talking about Eli, but we're also talking about Borka because Mackenzie's here. Also, this is a breaking news alert. I was on the, the Wikipedia page for Eli and I scrolled down to like, oh, here's all the media that he's appeared in. What I didn't know was that he also appears as an upgrade card in the Star Wars Armada two-player trading card game. There is an Eli Vanto card, Commander Vanto, in Star Wars Armada. So our boy is a collectible. Our boy we is a collectible. We need to find this card immediately. <laughs> yeah, he's an officer upgrade card. There's a vi- there's like a video on YouTube I'm about like how to play this video. Wow, they have like videos about like here's how to play with the different cards and the tokens. It's very complex. I'm like, I'm too stupid for this. But yeah, he's he's a special little guy in a trading card game. I didn't know that. 
I think that's very slay. So you and know what? He's an upgrade. So yeah, if he can appear in other Star Wars media, he can appear in the Ahsoka show. Case and point. I Me. heard they're taking a lot of inspiration from the Armada trading card game for Ahsoka. They're, ta- yeah. they're taking a lot of inspiration from that for the show. I can't with that. What other questions do we have, Jess? We can do like a lightning round with like some of the quick questions. All right. I'll still lightning round. The, the silly little questions like, um, which of you could fix him asked by Cosplay Nabiri on Twitter. What the fuck is there to fix? Yeah, I was about to say, he doesn't need to be fixed. He needed to be fixed. I could not. We would both be overthinking and I'd be adding flame to the fire. I could not help out. Sorry, Eli. You could I make mean, him worse. He has. He I, has make- I mean, that's what Thrawn did. Thrawn looked at him and we went, I can make him worse. <laughs> that's exactly what he did. Uh, actually, and Eli eventually was like, they were like, could you fix him? And he was like, no, I would encourage him. Yeah, I think Eli's perfect. I don't think he needs to be fixed. <laughs> um, the, the next question was, does Eli Vanto is gay? Asked by at Caleb's doom. Pretty sure on Twitter. And we've said this multiple times throughout this episode already. Yes, he does. Eli Vanto does is gay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he's actually the only gay Star Wars character. It's just him. No, in uh, when I was on Gold Squadron Gaze and we talked about the Thrawn books, literally they read it and it, they're like, yeah, I've never read a Star Wars book that so encapsulated the experience of what it's like to be a gay man. <laughs> I was like, exactly, exactly. Case in the point. Thank you. And something I think gets forgotten a lot is it's not just Eli's interactions with Thrawn, but there's the whole part in Treason where he talks about the Death Troopers and yeah, the way he describes them is not a way that a straight man <laughs> describes other men. The inherent homoeroticism of the military strikes again. <laughs> but it's true because other men also don't act like that. It's just Eli. And you're like, hmm, what's up with that? Eli's just a special little guy, you know? As Ollie and Mel often say, I think Eli has tea guy swag. Absolutely. But is also swagapino. Sorry. I think he invented... He He's a swagapino from Texas. I think that's... That's just that's just how I imagine him in my head. The next question, this is from TikTok. At NinjaHobbit626 asks, do you reckon he has a cowboy hat? I think Thrawn got him a new one for his birthday. Yeah, he has his old cowboy hat that he brought with him from Lysatra. And then Thrawn was like, here you go, I got you a new one. And like the, the thing that wraps around the hat, I don't know what it's called, but it has like different like chist designs like chimeras and stuff around it he got one made for thrawn Mm. if you are listening if you are listening please please draw them in little cowboy hats together anyone who's good at art and is listening if you want to draw thrawn and eli in cowboy hats Mm-hmm. They're square dancing. They're in love. On the Halcyon Legacy, they're square dancing with their cowboy hats. <laughs> no. Um, Wait, they would go to like line dancing class. <laughs> next question. At Lily is Grogu on TikTok asked, is Eli president of the Imperial GSA? I fear the Imperial GSA, as we've stated before, is just the, Chimera. the ISS Chimera. So, I mean, he is the lieutenant commander. So I fear, yeah. I think the answer is yes. <laughs> He that would make him the, the vice president, though, or like the treasurer. Yeah. yeah. So that would make Karen Farrow the vice president. Who's the president of the? Of the I mean, I guess that makes Thrawn the president of the GSA, but I mean, it makes um, sense, I guess. Did we ever each discuss why we like Eli Vanto as a character? We talked about like why people are drawn to him, but I don't think we talked about why us personally like him. Yeah. You. All right. 
Um, wh- why do each of you like Eli? He wants to go first. Uh, yeah, I'll go first. I think from like reading the book, I re- I really liked. I just liked his character of like um from when we first saw him of like his conversations with Thrawn on the rooftop. Like whenever like either on the rooftops or like through the hallways, whenever they were just like having a conversation, I loved how Eli would ask all the questions I like I would want to ask or something. So like immediately I was like, oh that's cool. He's he's asking, and then all of a sudden we see more of him and we see like his over. Th- and I've been saying a lot through this episode, just like me for real. Like I, I I'm really drawn to like the he he overthinks like everything i'm like hey that's 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 cool it's cool guy overthinking is cool and so i think like there's a like i said earlier he has like an inherent relatability to him and i think um also just his like arc of like seeing the way the empire truly is like is very interesting like with the wookies and everything and how he's not comfortable with um lots of bad stuff he's trying to figure out if he's willing to like stand and like fight against it and then when he goes and leaves the ascendancy he's still confused and so that's why i'd like to see more books from him because i'd like to see like where he goes how if he fights even harder or if he what how his beliefs change but anyways i i think he's a really interesting character and i think he's very relatable and i think he's he's a cool guy he's a cool guy yeah i would agree with a lot of that like i i really like what you said about um how you liked that eli asks the same questions you do because i do think that's one of the things that's really relatable like i feel like a lot of the time when i read books and there's like a character that's meant to be kind of like the reader insight or whatever sometimes they'll ask questions and i'll be like that's a dumbass question why did you ask that and i i hardly ever feel that way with eli like i feel like he asks legitimately questions that I would ask like that I want the answers to as a reader without it being too like overhanded I guess that like you're trying to get the plot out of Thrawn basically and I also really like that Eli will ask these questions but as he's asking the questions he like comes up with his own answers too and like that'll happen a lot just kind of showing like how smart he is things like that and then also I know a lot of people don't relate to the math aspect of him, but I do because I do like math. I am a data analyst, which is kind of like Eli's job. So I find that Outing really yourself relatable. as a woman in STEM. I I, I am, <laughs> I guess. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I do like that. Like I, I felt like his job was relatable to me. And it's interesting because I feel like I don't necessarily, because being honest, a data analyst is not a super interesting job. <laughs> Just being an analyst in general is not that interesting. But like, I don't know, the way it describes what Eli does, like makes it seem really important. And I guess makes me feel kind of good about my job and things like that. And then I also just like how Eli interacts with the people around him. Like, I like that he doesn't really put up with a bunch of bullshit from like Ronan or people like that. And I really like his interactions with Thrawn and then the rest of the Chiss. Like, it's so different. I feel like then a lot of the interactions that we get to see with people in the Empire and Thrawn, how, you know, they are so like xenophobic to him. But then like Eli kind of gets the reverse of it when he goes to the Ascendancy because he's the odd, like he's, he's an odd one out in the Empire, but then he's also the odd one out in the Ascendancy because he's the only human. So like Eli's just really going through it, but he kind of like takes it in stride. Like he understands what it's like to be different from everyone else. And he doesn't really like let it phase him. 
And so I, I really like that aspect of his character too. Yeah. For me, when I first, or I guess before I read the Thrawn books and I watched Rebels and then I was like, oh, Thrawn seems cool. And my my friends are all talking about the Thrawn books and saying they're really good. So I should read this. Although I had discovered who Eli was because I did read some Thrawn fanfic and I was just like, who the fuck is this Eli person? <laughs> and at first I was like, who I the wonder- fuck is Eli? <laughs> Then when I started reading it, I was just like, wow, I can see why everyone is hyping up this this Eli guy. He is very relatable, like what Josh said. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I like I latched onto Eli and was like, you know, this is a special little guy. He's like my second favorite Star Wars character, I think, right after Boba Fett, before Commander Cody. Before Commander Cody. That's yeah, a that's big how deal. special um Eli is. Sorry to shout out to Cody, but <laughs> sorry to Cody. Hmm. I'm really trying to figure out why I latched on to Eli. I that's that's Thrawn. People are like, why do you like Eli? He's like, I don't know. He's just like my special guy. Like, I don't know. I also enjoyed um Mark Thompson's portrayal of Eli in the audiobooks, making him a little southern boy. Something about that was also very fun. Maybe I enjoy cowboys like Noah. I don't know. No, I think Mark Thompson is also a big a big reason why the bitches are crazy about him. Cause they were like, here's this 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 suave man thrown and they're like, hey I'm Eli and I I'm really confused all the time, honestly. Um that's a really shit accent. I actually do better <laughs> accents than that. I don't know what that was. I'm tired. Yeah I guess- confession and that is so I read all the books before I ever listened to the audiobook and the first time that I listened to the audiobook I was like what the fuck did they do to Eli's voice I hated his voice the first time I listened to the audiobook and I think it's because I am southern and so it's it's a very different southern accent than like the southern accent that I'm used to because it's like a different region like Eli's is a lot more like Texan I think exactly and which is not Texas which like, so I'm used to people speaking in the Southern ex- accent, but not Texas Southern. So when I first heard it, I was like, it sounds like somebody doing a fake Southern accent. And I hate it when people do fake Southern accents. So I really didn't like it at first, but then I got used to it and I really do like it now. So yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> That's but yeah the first time i listened to it i was like who why are they doing a fake southern accent for eli vanto because timmy said he's he's from texas yeah um oh my god i think also just like yeah putting eli in comparison to theron i was just like yeah i love just your average guy the trope of being (laughs) just some guy compared to like Thrawn who people were like oh this guy he's a he's a special little guy too but like you know in a kind of weird way and the the tism way he's a fucked up little guy and just a little guy (laughs) yeah but the the trope of just some guy who's kind of like there at first He's like, I don't know why I'm here. I didn't want to be here. And I was like, that's relatable too. Because a lot of the time, I also don't want to be here. But then you get dragged around by your friend and then you realize, actually, this is this is kind of slay. Not you being the EY of this podcast. <laughs> Am I just some some guy of the podcast? You're the most slay and smart one here, but half the time you're like, I want to leave. Because <laughs> most of the time y'all are holding me captive as you talk about something I don't understand. Because <laughs> I'm like, what are they talking about? Who is this person that they're talking about? So we, they do perform um, Gen Z on millennial violence on us a lot. Um, why do I like Eli? Uh, I I definitely agree. Little guyism is so powerful, and also in the audiobook, like they really were like, we're gonna just 
he's just he's just so fun and i think like i have this i'm very partial to star wars characters or really any especially in like a fantasy or a sci-fi setting a character who's just like supremely normal who's just like the straight man character who's like this shit is fucked up um would be like are you like he reacts the same way i would react being like this is what i was supposed to study in college what do you mean what do you mean i have to he's like i'm literally about to fucking graduate and now i gotta translate for this fucking asshole what the fuck are you kidding me he's he's very relatable he's very relatable and then he heard thron speak for the first time and then he was like you know what i'll consider it he's kind of sexy but he's, i'm not gonna admit like it. they were being racist towards thron because they're like can you fucking speak basic and then eli's like hold on hold my <laughs> hold my drink i know how to speak this language he's like do you do you know how to speak cybisty <laughs> I do really love that moment because I feel like it shows a lot about Eli's character because like he didn't really have to do that. And he like reached out with a little bit of kindness, like spoke out of turn. Like he was just not even an ensign. What is that? Like a a, a person in training. I can't think of oh, the word. Like but anyway, cadet. yeah, he, he was, was a cadet. Just a cadet. He was just a cadet. He like wasn't really supposed to be there and kind of spoke out of turn to like offer kindness to this alien because he wasn't sure if the alien was going to be able to understand basic and he wanted to be able to communicate. Yeah. And I, I just think that says a lot about his character. Yeah, he has all these moments of kindness which really stand out when it's supposed to be this, like, military story and this very, like... I think also, like, I didn't think I was going to like the Theron books, whatever, because, like, I like Star Wars for the magic, which they do eventually bring that in a little bit. But I... I, And stuff. And while I do like hard sci-fi, that's not what I come to Star Wars for. And I could give half a shit about the battles or whatever. But the cool part about the Theron books is that, like maybe the real battle tactics are the friends we made along the way and it's very and 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 he's like like there i mean people everybody knows this about like there's passages in that book that like make me genuinely emotional like the last one whatever i'm like i'm gonna fucking cry and again i think it's also because like you are seeing eli through the eyes of someone who literally loves him they're like i love him too i do I don't know, it might be the inherent homoeroticism of, like, a school story, because, like, they spend half of it when they're in school, and then the other half, or or just, like, it's very endearing when you get to, like, see two people have to, like, struggle through stuff together. Also, I I love the trope of, like, they're, they're neurodivergent in two different ways, and they're besties, <laughs> which I love. I love that very much. Uh, I cannot relate to being good at math. Uh, which is why I'm just like, he's so slay. I don't get it, but he's very slay. I don't know. I think, yeah, I think he, and this is just a Timmy Zahn thing in general. Like, he feels like a real person, which sometimes while we love certain characters, like, we have to fill in a lot of the blanks for them. Like, he's only in two fucking books, but, like, we don't have to fill in a lot about his, we have to fill in a lot about, like, other stuff. But, like, mostly that's, like, plot-wise for him. For his personality, like, we don't really have to make shit up for him. He's, like, all personality. Also, the way they drew him in the comic books. Again, special sauce. They really they really put their foot on the gas with the little guyism in that one because... <sighs> I don't know. He's just they he, they they read that line where um that one random guy calls Eli Vanto pretty boy and just ran with it. Like God. they're like, okay, we'll make a pretty boy. Gotcha, Timmy's on. <laughs> I forgot about Noted. that. I forgot that they called him a Timothy's on. When I first read that part in the Thrawn book, I was just like, huh? I was like, <laughs> Eli is a pretty boy. Maybe that's also why I like Eli. I've always been drawn to pretty boy characters. <laughs> he 
he's the anime protagonist, unfortunately. But he's got the hair for it, you know? Yeah, he's Absolutely. got the scruffy little hair. He's, yeah. you know, he's always trying to get some pie to notice him. It's very... <laughs> it's very... Oh, no. Not the animeification of Eli. Um... I would like to say something about the comic. The One of the things I love about the comic is it... So, like, Timothy Zahn is not great at describing characters. Like, he, he, you don't know what any of these people look like. <laughs> So one of the things I really like about the comic is it made Eli canonically a person of color, which I think is awesome and like adds so much to his story because he's not just like, he's not just, you know, a guy from Texas. He's a person of color from Texas having to like work in the empire and deal with all this like racism and everything you know all the time and so like I I think that is something important to note and I didn't really know this until recently but when the comic first came out they did make Eli White and there was a lot of like blowback from fans because they were like it makes way more sense for him to be a person of color you know like that's how we read it and we think that you should change their skin color like it was basically like a, a whitewash the bad batch situation no it was just like the first look i don't know how much of the comic oh, was actually colored this i remember but it was yeah it was like the first look eli was like some little ginger guy um and is that why there's fan art of eli like like old fan yeah. art where he's redhead yeah yeah that's pretty like much the it first look or something well and i think it wasn't like the final or something like yeah. It wasn't like, oh, they changed it because of the fan. I mean, they did somewhat, but like, or it was like just a cover or something that yeah. had to be white. And it was the like rest the shot. Was like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. There was like one or two panels that were released where Eli was white. And, you know, there was a lot of like fans that said, like, emailed Lucasfilm, or I guess not Lucasfilm, whoever the publishing is for the comics, and was like, I don't think that that's necessarily the way that we w- should go with Eli and the a lot of other comic, stuff. I think is still Marvel. Yeah, maybe, maybe that was it then. Yeah, it's um, Marvel. And yeah, so that that's the story I've heard, at least. I was not in the fandom back then, but that, you know, there was a lot of pushback about it. And so they changed Eli's design, character design, which, you know, like, it's great that they can do that. They should do that for the Bad Batch. Yeah, they should do that for the Bad Batch. <laughs> I'm very glad that Eli is, he's just, I mean, he's another... We got him, boys. We got another space Latino. I'm. Uh, oh well, no. He said he was a swag. Uh, he was swagapino. Yeah, me, actually. Mel, and Ollie were like Eli Vanto swagapino. Yeah, I fear he is a he's a Texas born and raised swagapino. Um, we we decided that. We also, you know, what something that comes up in fix with him a lot because he's from Texas that like traditional Lasartan food is just barbecue. <laughs> I really like the trope and fix where Thrawn can't eat spicy food and <laughs> Eli can because he's used to it. Oh, that's that's very funny to me. I feel like I do see that one a lot. I used to see it a lot more, but I do see it every now and then. Let's so, bring it back. Yeah. Write more about Thrawn not being able to handle spicy food. I... <laughs> I do love when Chiss Twitter and Chiss fans have all decided on one thing, and we just all agree that that's true. <laughs> Did we want to answer any other questions? Have any other thoughts about Eli? No? Yes? No. Maybe? Besides just saying, again, that 
Eli's very slay and some of my favorite Eli moments were um one yeah when he first meets Thrawn and like offers to, he's like I can speak Sybisti if you can understand that language or the time when that one old lady was like oh do you want to come work for my boss instead you know you'll get promoted and then Eli is like wait this is suspicious I think you have bad intentions towards my bestie Thrawn and I'm not going to go along with you and she's like you'll regret it I think that was also a very yes and slay moment for Eli because he's like no I'm gonna stay with Thrawn because you're a trick ass bitch that's not what he said but you know I'm paraphrasing yeah lots of very ass and slay Eli moments I also liked when Thrawn threw him into a bush I thought that was funny. He was like, I have to protect my boyfriend. Throws him into a bush. And the part in the audiobook where um, Mark Thompson made Eli go, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Also, um, in the comic, when he's dressed as Horatio Fig or whatever, he looks very slay. I was like, all right, Thrawn, I get it. Okay. All right. I remember Uh, when I first read that part in the book and then reading Eli like saying that the shirt was like bigger (laughs) than him. And I was like, much to think about much to think about because <laughs> he's like whoa the sleeves go over my hands this shirt is so big on me i'm just like hmm yeah i remember when they were trying on each other's clothes hmm. and they were roommates oh my god they were roommates you know the boyfriends doing a clothing s- swap is just like a staple you know <laughs> you yeah. gotta put that in there yeah also i i don't know if i've seen this in some fix or not where people do the like you know Eli has climbed the ranks in the ascendancy by the time he sees Theron again and he's like he's in Admiral White's or whatever and Theron's like okay hello how you doing <laughs> I'm a sucker for that one anyways everybody send me Thranto fix because I need the serotonin thank you so much <laughs> One of my favorite Eli moments. Well, a lot of my favorite Eli moments are actually in Treason because he gets to go off and do his own thing in Treason. So he does a lot of cool stuff. Like when he just starts like improving when they get caught by those like smuggler guys or whatever. Uh, that's very cool. He thinks about like smashing a guy with a chair. That's very cool. There's that moment where he gets like really pissed and says that he thinks about letting the death troopers just kill everybody. Yeah, and, you that know, was really good. Him being relatable again. Because I have moments sir. like that too. I'm like, sir, are you are you all right? <laughs> sir, sir. Yeah. Oh, and then also I have to put in my little plug about how I think Good Day with to Nivano is not that bad. I mean, like it's bad, but also one of the things I really like about Good Day, uh, the Good Day Lieutenant Vano moment is immediately after it happens, Thrawn like asks him a question and Eli like just jumps right back into like his old mode that he and Thrawn used to be in. And I just really love that about the relationship. Like they like, hadn't been Eli separated just, for a year. Yeah, Eli just uh dealt with like a devastating moment but like when Thrawn needs him he's there that moment is also very relatable because like something like that happens to me and I also am just like what the fuck does that mean and start overthinking it and do mental gymnastics to be like you know what actually no 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 it's okay it's okay everything is fine everything is okay I the good day Lieutenant Vanto the way that I rationalize it to myself is 
that Thrawn is neurodivergent, obviously, uh, and Thrawn also doesn't know what to say, so he freezes up and he's like, uh, good day, Lieutenant Vin. Like, he go- he also goes back into his mode or whatever, and yeah. Eli is like, how did you do this to me? Uh, like, five seconds after, but, like, Thrawn, Thrawn is like, ah, oh, this is the only person I've ever felt this strong of an emotion for. I don't know what to do. And he just was like, uh, because he's also, like, he's having kind of a day that day. Like, he's, there's a lot going on. Bunch of shit was happening on Lothal. He just, like, saw his sister again for the first time. I mean, like ever and now he's like uh good day lieutenant viento i just think he's like having a moment and you can kind of tell because he like he immediately starts talking about eli to other people whatever and i'm like yeah he was just nervous like i'm, yeah. I'm nationalizing <laughs> he he defends eli like pretty hardcore to briarly ronan god I uh calls him a fool like he the way he goes into defense mode i was like oh you are homosexual god i think about that all the time i think about it it sticks out of my brain also because when i read throne alliances for the first time i'm sorry throne treason the rage that i felt when they were like oh good day lieutenant vanto and they were like oh yeah eli has some sort of feelings toward vanya and i was like get that shit out of i was so mad oh then now i have to look back on it and 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 really think and really ponder. Timothy, why? Oh, now you're, Josh, now, did you have any thoughts? Yeah. On specifically good day? Or just anything about Eli? Just anything about Eli? Well, um, I do... I do. I. I think one of my one of my favorite things about him and uh, treason was how like every other minute he'd ask he'd ask um, if Thrawn had shown up yet. Like he kept asking at any moment, at any chance he could be like, "Has Thrawn shown up yet? Is he here yet?" By the way, I I just love how <laughs> I just love those those bits in there. And um, also number two, I will forever love that poster of him in the ascendancy outfit, and I need that poster in my room because that's it's a clean outfit he looks great in that that's like his outfit oh he's just he's just so you know star wars can you just like give us like something on the side with eli like can you can you like throw some crumbs at the lgbt's and be like here you go and star and wars him- i know timmy's on so he'd be interested in writing more characters like eli is one of them so let timmy's on write the eli vanto trilogy that we all deserve like throw us a bone like you know what make eli canonically gay and like a side thing with one line i'll take it (laughs) i'll swallow my pride and i'll take it (laughs) oh this is low this is so low i think that's basically it did we want to wrap it up claudia yes so thank you for listening to our latest glup shit episode we hope you enjoyed our discussion on um our bestie our boy eli vanto our Rupops episodes usually drop on Sundays. Currently, we are bi-weekly until Andor premieres. Our next two episodes, it's going to be, we have something very cool and fun and Yasin Slay planned. So stay tuned two weeks from now. Get excited. For updates, Star Wars news, more cursed shit, weird fucking tweets, follow us on our social media at Rupops Pod Race on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you really love the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify, overcast whatever your podcast platform of choice is if they have a rating and review system if you haven't done it already please and thank you it means a lot to us and uh may warriors fortune smile on you and don't creep it up good day waka waka get out (laughs) 